0: You're listening to Halford and Bruff.
1: First overall pick in the inaugural professional women's hockey league draft. Minnesota selects Taylor Heise.
2: I'm saying it right now, I think the canucks make the playoffs.
1: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be
3: serious.
1: Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Prof. It is SportsNet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kin Tech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Ada, dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Wow. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today we are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by Everythingfinancial.com. Financial freedom awaits. Book your introductory meeting today. Visit them online at everythingfinancial.com.
0: We are coming to you live. From the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics. That's right. They got them both, footwear and orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. It is a Tuesday.
1: We have a show. It is a big one. It's going to begin the guest list at 6.30 with Greg Wasinski, our good buddy from ESPN. Uh, we have two questions. For Greg, Uh, one will pertain to the Mike Babcock situation. and The other one will be, is there anything else going on in hockey besides the Mike Babcock situation? I went to ESPN's NHL page yesterday. Four, four Columbus and Babcock related stories all on the sidebar. Mm -hmm. Dominating the conversation. Right. Greg did go to the NHLPA rookie showcase in Arlington and actually wrote about something we were talking about yesterday. Connor Bernard shot and he was asking all the guys there. What do you do to stop it? Right. They had no answers. None of them had any answers for Connor Bedard. Yeah, but they were rookies, not Wiley Vets. True. When he goes to Wiley Vet Camp, also in Arlington, (laughs) Virginia, we'll ask about that. So 6.30, Greg Wyshynski's going to join the show. 7.30, Brandon Batchelor, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks and the play-by-play voice of Andy's favorite tournament, the Young Stars Tournament. The greatest tournament in the world. (laughs) Batch is going to join us to talk about everything that he saw from Penticton He'll gear us up for the start of training camp later this week. There's rumblings out there, Jason. Rumblings that the Canucks are working hard to make a trade. I don't think. I don't. Jason's microphone seems to have stopped working. Uh oh, the Sportsnet 650 disaster. Seven thirty, Brendan Batchelor is going to join us on the program here. Eight o'clock. It's crazy that he is no longer a first-time guest. He's a returnee, a regular. Dare I say it? Tennis legend John McEnroe is going to join the show. John McEnroe, of course, not just a tennis legend, he is also the co-captain of Team World at the upcoming Labor Cup in Vancouver. Is this working now? It is working. Okay. Uh, he's going to be captaining the team with his brother, Patrick mm-hmm. McEnroe, which should be an interesting dynamic. John
0: McEnroe was also on the Manningcast call When Aaron Rodgers was hurt, and he is a Jets fan. He also, in addition, not trying to one-up you
1: or anything, but he also did a big sit-down interview with Aaron Rodgers Mm. prior to week one where he was talking about his long-suffering Jets fandom and how Aaron Rodgers was kind of saying, Hey, don't worry. I got this. Oh, yeah? Well, he's also left-handed. There you go. (laughs) He's also wow. a, so noted left-handed person John McEnroe on the show at eight o'clock seven thirty Brendan Batchelor six thirty Greg Wasinski we got a lot to get into it was a busy night in sports without further ado Laddie let's tell everybody what happened hey did you guys
0: see the game last night no oh, what happened I missed all the action because I
4: we know how busy your life can be what happened you missed that.
1: What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them on the internet at bccsa.ca. I joked about Mike Babcock being the only story in hockey right now, but it really is. And yesterday, not long after we went off the air, we started to get the postscript of the Mike Babcock era. And the first chapter of that postscript, was Columbus Blue Jackets general manager Jarmo Kekalainen and president of Hockey Ops John Davidson addressing the media and essentially apologizing for ever entertaining this idea in the first place. Columbus admitted they got it wrong with Mike Babcock Uh, I'll throw to Yarmo now because he was the one that wore it, although Davidson did as well, but Yarmo Kekalainen was the first to speak at this presser. He was the first to own up to the mistake and he was the first to admit that Columbus got it wrong here. Now Yarmo Kekalainen on the ultimately fail, ultimate failed hiring of Mike Babcock.
4: This morning I had a meeting with the players and I apologized for any inconvenience, awkward um, situation that this may have put him on in and, um, it was my sincere apology to, to them. I'm extremely disappointed by what has transpired over the last week. We understood the dynamics of hiring Mike before we did so and understand the criticism now that it didn't work out the way we had planned. Mike was hired on based on personal relationships we've had with him, the feedback we'd received from numerous people in the game that we know and respect and extensive conversations with Mike. It's obviously fair to question our due diligence, but I can assure you that it was done thoroughly. At the end of the day, I believe that Mike Babcock deserved another opportunity to coach. Obviously that was a mistake and that responsibility is mine.
0: So that was Yarmo. Um, kind of owning the decision to hire Mike Babcock and saying it was a mistake. Later on, though, I thought it was interesting that Kekeleinan still believes that Babcock's intentions were pure. And he said, I do not believe there were any ill intentions on Mike's part in the way he conducted interviews with our players to get to know them. However, whether there was intent or not, some of our players weren't comfortable with his methods, and that was concerning. That's pretty interesting because he just said, he just spent a lot of energy talking about how, oh, we made a, we made a big mistake, and I had to apologize to the players for this, for this terrible, disappointing mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I don't think he meant anything bad by it. Yeah. Like, that's what we haven't gotten to the bottom of, right? We, I think we, I got to the bottom of it. I think I got to the bottom of
1: it because I know that that, that kind of jumped out, right? What What are you? What? Okay, you got to the bottom
0: of it. Yeah, what, I think what? Well, yeah, because I, I I think, do you, think I think do, do you think Babcock had ill intentions when he was asking for? No, it? I don't. I think he thought it was a totally normal thing to do, and I think that was the problem in all situations, though, because remember this- we were talking to Fridge yesterday just a sec, and he said different players had different experiences. So is it possible that guys that, like veteran players maybe that he respected, he went out there and said, oh, yeah, I just want to see your family. And then the younger players, he was Didn't like, get that! I don't respect. so much want to see your families. I want to see what you're doing with your spare time, okay. that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and I think that he probably thought that there was nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, he was just looking to get to know the players. Now, I'm talking in Mike Babcock's brain right now. Okay? but
0: but But – the, the that's in the, were there different issues like if you're if you're asking players to see pictures of their family is it weird yes is it an invasion of privacy not so much i don't think in my opinion but the report that Frege had where he was just like they, were, they weren't at a blue jackets facility mm-hmm. if you think that matters um but they were but he was just like kind of like looking through his phone like I, doesn't Babcock doesn't he see that that is like no, no, that's a power move no. that's a total come on even he would admit that that's a power move to see like hey I want to see what kind of person you are let me look through your pictures let me let me see say this
1: as clearly as I can I think Mac- Mike Babcock is a very very unique individual in the way that he views how coaching. And how relationships in the sport should operate, and he—I think he firmly believes that if the coach isn't the ultimate authoritarian and the ultimate guy in charge, then there's no point in being there. So everything. So you're saying he can't have ill intentions? Then he—I don't think that in his any, mind. I think that everything that he does is geared towards what he believes is either the greater good or an ultimate ultimate success and ultimate end goal, right? that there's a certain hierarchy and there's a certain way that the world works in his mind. And that's what you get when you hire Mike Babcock.
0: That's the whole point of this. I think some coaches pick players to pick on and use them essentially as sacrificial lambs. Right. I'm not saying that Babcock does that, but I think some coaches do, but he does it and he does it with young players and mm-hmm. he does it in a lot of different
1: ways. Everything. I think whether intentional or unintentional at that point really doesn't matter what his intent is, but everything is a mind game. Everything is mind warfare. Yeah. People like that exist. Mm-hmm. You've probably run into them, and you don't even realize it until after you've spoken with them. You're like, that was a weird conversation. What was going on there? Yeah. Right? Because here's the thing. One
0: person's- Maybe we're having that conversation right now, and I'm playing mind games with you. Or maybe I'm playing mind games with you. Or maybe A-Dog is playing mind games with all of us. True. You're playing Hungry Hungry Hippos.
1: <laughs> the best game. <laughs> ah, mind games suck. Let's play Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> um, I'll say this. <laughs> He, one person's, hey, I'd like to see some family pictures and get to know your family, is another person's, what's he trying to get at here? Or what happens if I say no? Like, I think that's probably what went through a lot of the minds of, of the players is not, is not necessarily what's going on here in terms of, does he want to get to know my family? But what's, what happens if I say, yeah, I'm not comfortable doing this? Does my ice time get decreased? Do I lose – does my career all of a sudden fall into jeopardy because it's fallen into the hands of this guy who has a considerable say over my ice time, where I'm going to play, what kind of minutes I'm going to play, am I going to be out on the power play, am I going to be killing penalties? All of these things come into effect. And I think that at the end of the day, this was always going to be about bringing Mike Babcock aboard. And more specifically, are you going to live – With whatever it is that Babcock brings to the table. We're having uh, microphone difficulties here in the Sportsnet 650 studio. So uh, Jason is temporarily offline, as we like to call it in the biz. We can move along to some other things here. We
5: can play the John Davidson audio if you want.
1: As a close, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, John Davidson, a pretty colorful personality and a guy that's candid when he speaks... Uh, also went up yesterday to the podium and on the microphone and also owned up to the decision to uh, uh, hire Mike Babcock. Now, interesting thing here, he got asked a very pointed and very direct question about what I was just talking about, the beginnings of this whole story, which is when the Columbus Blue Jackets brought Mike Babcock aboard in the first place, and a lot of people said, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's the direction you want to go in? I want to play the entire audio from the top where the question was asked because you get a sense of how many people had backlash towards us. We have the question in the audio, Greg, or do we not? Okay. We're going to roll the audio and then we'll come back on the other side. John Davidson yesterday, as we put this one to a close on the Mike Babcock hire.
5: So JD, you said
1: we got it wrong and this was a major misstep, but mm-hmm. this was something that was kind of clear from the beginning that the potential for there to be a problem was here as soon as Mike Babcock's name was floated. Mm-hmm. People felt this was a very controversial hire and that the potential was greater for there to be a problem than for it to go smoothly. Uh, now in I'm, hindsight, yeah. how would you respond to the, to the fans, to the media? There were a lot of people who said this was not the right thing for the Jackets to mm-hmm. do at the time. How do you respond to them now?
3: Maybe they were right. It's on us, it's on me. And uh, I respect opinions around We did a a lot of research Uh, when we went through this process. Mike came into Columbus two or three different times and came to my home and uh, with our group and we went through a lot of different things, a lot of different things. And um, sometimes you just flat out make a mistake. We made a mistake. I'm I'm free to sit up here and tell you that and to our fans. I think some were excited. Some were going, what's this going to be about? It didn't work. Uh I, I, uh I think as a group, we owe them um, the explanation and apology. But we're also very comfortable in going forward with Pascal. Once we get through this, he's a good coach. He's a, he's a terrific human being. So we have to look in that direction. We've learned. There's nothing more that I can say that we've learned. Are you back? I don't think so. No, he's not back at all.
1: I'm rolling solo this morning, everybody. It's the Halford Show. I finally managed to cut. That was the whole power dynamic here, really. It was I was just looking to cut out rough, and then I decided I'm, just I'm taking out to his out. microphone.
0: What about now? What? Oh, there it is. There, it, there is. it is. Well, the power dynamic
1: was shortly there lived. Oh, well.
0: Okay, so. Um, Do you have things? What are the chances that the Blue Jackets were worried about a full-on revolt? Huge. If Babcock were to remain as head coach? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Mutiny on the Bounty? Have you ever, (laughs) do you know that story? Uh, I know know Captain Bly. I don't know the fine details. Uh, Yeah, they went to, uh, they sailed to Tahiti. Nice. And I think it was the 1700s. And uh, all the people were like, "Uh, we want to stay. Mm. I like island life. I don't want to go back to England. And then the captain was like, no, but seriously, we got to (laughs) go. And then they were like, uh, no, you got to go. So Do you think like, they were worried about that? So it's like they were in Tahiti, but
1: Columbus. Yeah, that's the difference, okay. right? Yeah. That's the difference. I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about before all of our equipment stopped working. And you were saying about um, intentions. And if Mike Babcock had nefarious intentions or if there was a, always designed to be something more than, hey, let's see some pictures of your dog. Right? Um, I honestly think that this is what you get when you hire him. And Columbus – the reason that Columbus should be under scrutiny right now is they hired Mike Babcock, and then Mike Babcock did Mike Babcock things. But Yarmo said he did it with him. Yeah, and he didn't mind it. Right, yeah. Yarmo didn't mind it. Yarmo said, yeah, he asked to see pictures of my family. and Now – Here's the thing. I think you bring up a good point that the approach becomes probably inherently different with the respected veterans and the hockey guys that have been around. How about your boss? Yeah, no, but like I'm saying, like the the there's different tiers of mm-hmm. for quite frankly respect that you get, and it's like any other team that's like, hey, you're a rookie, and we can't haze you anymore, but how can we still make you feel inadequate?
0: And there's several ways that you can do that.
1: Yeah, that's a power I, dynamic. I don't
0: know. I need to I need to find out more before we before I make any con- conclusions on this because part of me thinks it's him going i'm going to i'm going to mess with this rookie and go through his phone and just make him know that i'm in charge here and part of it is also like <laughs> to give him the benefit of the doubt it's kind of like I don't know. Maybe he just wants to go through. Maybe gets to know gets to know his players. Mm-hmm. You know, like we yeah. don't, we, well. we don't, we're never. I don't think we're gonna ever have a player go like on the witness stand, or we're like, and then what did he do? And then what did he do? And how did that make you feel? No. And do you think you know what I mean? Like, But, okay, but for, I kind of want to have one player on a witness stand right now. But for
1: instance, when he asked Mitch Marner several years ago to put a list together of the least hardworking guys, because that was the crux of the whole thing, right? Mitch, tell me who the hardest and least hardest workers are on the team, right? Marner probably didn't think that he was going to turn around and then show that list to other players. Yeah, that that Marner
0: story does not help give Babcock the benefit of the doubt in this situation. So
1: if you're a young player and he asks you for the pictures in your phone, my first question isn't going to be like, oh, okay, would you like to know about the people? My first question would be, What's his endgame? Like, what's he going to do with this information? I hope there aren't any pictures of Mitch Marner in here. Right. And then he's like, is he going to turn around and post these somewhere? Right? So that's, I mean, look, I think we've exercised this conversation about as far as it can possibly go. Because you're right. At the end of the day, if you don't have those real,
0: deep, intimate details of what happened... You're just
1: kind of left to speculate.
0: So we'll talk to Wish about more uh, and uh, more about this Babcock situation in about 15 minutes. I do want to talk a little Canucks here, and we'll continue to uh, talk Canucks throughout the show, including our conversation with Brendan Bachelor at around 7.30. Um, so the Canucks held their annual golf tournament yesterday out at Northview. Um, the Milford. The Milford. Not please, the Milf. Please don't call it that. The Milford. The marketing. Were,
1: the marketing goes out of its way not to call that the Milford Men. That's what they were. There you go. Yeah. That's fine.
0: Uh, the talk was all about hashtag the start. Um, I don't know if we have any audio. Uh, we do, Laddie. You can talk. You know, you can use your use your microphone. You don't just have to nod at us.
1: I just had to set you off when I talk, so I mm. keep
0: it to a minimum. <laughs> that is true. Halvard
1: uh, Brus kind of a loose cannon. Laddie, <laughs> <laughs> shut up! Yeah. They're talking again.
0: Um, what audio do we have of uh, players talking about "quote unquote" the
5: start? Yeah, we have Brock Besser talking about how crucial it is to get off to a good <laughs> one. Uh, Quinn Hughes saying that they're all motivated to have a good start, and then Garland went on and just to
1: talk, talk about how their preparation is going to be different this year compared to years past. Was there anyone that was like,
0: you know what, I don't care? <laughs> Let's
1: just play golf. Please leave me
0: alone. I'm resigned to the fact the start may not be so good. I'm here to play golf. Let's play Connor Garland because Connor Garland was talking a lot yesterday, including a conversation he had with Ian McIntyre. And he also um, is part of maybe some trade speculation at the same time. So here's Connor
2: Garland. Well, everybody's the. I would say the focus uh, of the group, the collective group, is at a, at an all time high. And I think I said the other day, just uh, you know, we've had playoff aspirations every year, but we we didn't act on it. And um, you know, just that, that means just training camp. You know, we we didn't we didn't you know, I'm not saying didn't go through our systems, but we, we we weren't dialed in on it. You could see it in our first couple games. We were, we were a step behind the Oilers in the first game. Um, you know, step behind the Capitals in the next game, and then, you know, you play the good teams out the gate, and they were a step ahead of us, and that's why we started so poorly the first two years. So, I feel this year, you can feel the heightened intensity in the scrimmages even now we're having, uh, the drills we're having, and uh, I think our leadership group has done a great job getting everybody in, and uh, we understand, um, you know, how important the start is, but I like what talk actually just said you know up there an hour ago is that the the first the season isn't the first 12 games you know we'll get twelve games but it's an 82 game season but we definitely got to start on the right step
0: so the connects have zero excuses at this point we're all in agreement with that right There's no excuses. There's no, uh, the manager doesn't like the the coach. There's no, are there any massive injuries right now? I'm still holding out for one of those. Not yet. Quite taken. But they've got alignment between management and the head coach and the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. They've made a bunch of additions to address the two major weaknesses, I think, on the team, which is the blue line overall and the penalty kill. Now, some of the additions to help the blue line also helped the penalty kill, but those were the two major weaknesses on the team. Um, they even showed up earlier than usual to start their informal skates. Yep, they got the captaincy issue all sorted so out. So, they are as locked and loaded as they could possibly be, right? Yes. Unless there's a major injury in the preseason, heaven forbid. The Canucks are going to head into the season, again, as locked and loaded as they could possibly be under the salary cap. Garland said to IMAC in an interview, I feel like this is our best chance to win since I've been here. I think we're a really deep team. I think we've got one of the best goalies in the league, in Thatcher Demko, two great centers, in PD and JT Miller, and one of the best defensemen, if not players, in Quinn Hughes. Garland also said about life under the new head coach, Rick Tockett. There should be no gray areas. I think that's probably the best thing is when you're in Rick's system, you know where you're supposed to be. What we struggled with maybe in years past is like we get scored on and it could be your fault, could be his fault. We don't really know. And it's hard to correct things that way. I can go in the video room. Uh, I can go in the video room now and say, that's on me, that's my fault. Our system is so clear. Right. And we've
1: heard this a few times now. Yeah, right? Ethan it, Bear
0: basically said the same thing.
1: Yeah, and a couple other players have reiterated it. So large larger scale, bigger picture. You're right. I hate saying that. You're right though. It's there's nothing, there's no roadblocks, there's no impediments, there's nothing that would suggest a hiccup for the Canucks to start this season. Everything they wanted to do and everything that they needed to get done has been done. I even mentioned the captaincy thing. They didn't even need to take care of that, but they decided to button it up, by the way, real quick. Right? They came in on a Monday morning and they're like 8.13 in the morning. Quinn, you're the new captain. We're going to do some media and then we're going to get on to the business of winning hockey games. And I I applaud the approach. Mm -hmm. It's the right approach to take. It makes total sense, especially if you are a group That is going to learn from its mistakes. Because that's what any good group does. That's what they're doing in Columbus right now. Or so they say. They made a mistake and they're going to learn from it. John Davidson said we're going to learn. It's the only thing you can do. You can have bad times. You can have bad moments. You can have mistakes. But unless you correct the behavior. It's just a bunch of meaningless empty words. Right? That's going to be the real thing here though. Is that all of these words. And all of these Connor Garland quotes. And everything. It all gets stacked up to October 11th when they open up in Edmonton, and then three nights later when they go to Edmonton, right? Yeah. That's when all of it is like, okay, let's see this clear system that you got. Let's you know see the, the ramifications and the knock-on effects of a clear video which shows that Connor Garland made the mistake on that goal. Let's see you guys play this out. All of this stuff that you've been talking about, let's see it play out when the season begins.
0: So Greg wishinski is going to join us next. We'll talk a little bit more about the Mike Babcock situation, but hopefully find out, find a few more stories to talk about with wish. Um, in the seven o'clock hour, we've got an open segment to start that hour. So I think we'll talk a little bit about some possible trades that the Canucks might be uh, trying to make ahead of the season. Uh, and then at seven we'll talk to Brendan Batchelor and do a recap on everything Uh, including the Young Stars Tournament that was held this past weekend in Penticton. Uh, John McEnroe is going to join us at 8 o'clock. It is a busy, busy show. You're listening to the Alfred and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650.
5: The most comprehensive Canucks coverage in the city. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 6.32
1: 6.32 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Ruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by everythingfinancial.com. Book your introductory meeting today. Financial freedom awaits. Visit them online at everythingfinancial.com. To the phone lines we go, that music can only mean one thing. Greg Wyszynski he's back on the Halford and Rough Show on Sportsnet
5: 650.
1: Morning, Wish. How are you?
5: Doing well. Doing well. It was uh, maybe a little bit of a busier couple of days than I expected at the beginning of training camp, for obvious reasons. I was going to say, uh, but uh, but good,
1: good. I suppose. I was going to say we we made the observation this morning that at ESPN.com's NHL page, I think there were about four different stories on the right-hand column, the the, the, the news around the NHL, all pertaining to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Mike Babcock. But it's, it's hard not to focus on that because, one, biggest story in hockey right now without question. I think, two, as we have a chance to look back on what's transpired and what's gone on here, it really is unprecedented, not even just in the world of hockey, but the world of sports, really. I can't think of another coach who had this short a tenure and never even got to training camp never mind
5: a regular season game before being dismissed yeah no neither can i and um you know especially in in the way that it went down with you know investigation by the nhlpa and everything else i mean it's 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 kind of incredible um you know the the press conference yesterday was the expected debacle that (laughs) that we thought it would be in the sense of like they can't really talk about what he did and and they're all apologizing and 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 you know, addressing critics that in the end of the day, we're completely right about bringing this guy in. Um, but for me, boys, like the, the more interesting story here from a league perspective is like the systems that are in place that clearly aren't working, um, you know, full credit to biz and, and, and chicklets for breaking the story. Um, but it's, it shouldn't be a situation where players can't talk to their captain and can't talk to their general manager and can't talk to their union and don't go to their agents and instead are, are dropping texts to a podcast to talk about coaching abuse. Like, we're only a couple of years removed from the NHL touting a whistleblower hotline, which I'm guessing is not something that any of these guys hit up <laughs> talking about Mike Babcock. <laughs> so so what we got here, the bigger story for me is that, like, yeah, it's great. A, a toxic coach and a bully and, and a guy who abuses his power doesn't get another chance despite, you know, his longtime friend deciding he needed one. Um, but the bigger story for me is that like, it, it, it took a lot of things uh, happening to eventually lead to the NHLPA investigating. And again, like I, as I said the other day, like, full marks to them too. Marty Walsh, I talked to a few players in the last 24 hours and said, just you hit the ground running by taking this as seriously, seriously as he did and affecting change. But it took a lot happening before we got to that point. And that's a, that's a real problem in this league right now.
1: Uh, wish, with regards to, and I want to go back to the beginning of this, really, because um, this practice of Babcock's had been out there. It happened in Detroit and it happened in Toronto, but we really didn't catch wind of it as a public entity or a public thing until it became on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Did you have any indication or inkling or rumbling that this story was even out there prior to Biz dropping it on Tuesday?
5: No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I heard all the Babcock stuff that I think everybody else had with regard to the mental games that he played with players, and obviously, you know, that's not only young players, but veteran players, too, and withholding ice time, and the stuff with Marner and the stuff with Franzen and the stuff that Mike Commodore claimed over the years, like all, all that stuff that is in the public domain, I think I heard and, and everyone else did. But this this one this one was interesting because, first of all, I I don't know if we know definitively if this is the reason why he's not there anymore. Like I talked to one uh, source that has some knowledge of the PA and they said that this is like a tip of the iceberg thing with regard to the things he was already pulling behind the scenes with this team. So we don't know. and, And John Davidson elected not to enlighten us when asked about it yesterday. But if it is just this photo thing, I think it speaks to something that we've talked about before, which is, how, how the generations of players in this league are different from one another in a pretty significant way. And <clears throat> by that, I mean, you saw the reaction from Boone Jenner and the reaction from Johnny Goodrill and the reaction from Yarmo Kekalainen, who also was asked to show his photo role to his employee, which, again, is just astounding. And um, <clears throat> then you, you heard the reaction from some of the younger players. And again, like, if we're just going to take this thing at face, if we're going to say that this is the reason he's no longer there, asking a married dude... Hey, can I see your camera roll? Can I get to know your family better? It's one thing. Asking a 20-year-old player, Hey, can I see your camera roll? Only a few weeks after August. (laughs) If he's like (laughs) single and having a great time in the summer, that's a whole other thing. And I guarantee you that um, there are players on the team that if he tried to pull that with, bristled at it because their camera roll is not filled with Mm -hmm oh, here's little Johnny at the pumpkin patch, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, I I think it speaks to how some tactics maybe work with some players and some tactics maybe work in in other times, and they don't work as well today, which, by the way, is exactly how Brandon Shanahan put it when Dabcock got fired back in in 2018 from the Leafs was, you know, that he does things that that are no longer acceptable, and I think this – as innocent as Yarmolenko line and tried to make it seem, probably falls into that that purview.
1: How tough a situation is the new head coach Pascal Vincent walking into? I saw some people try to make the Jared Bednar takes over late in the game from Patrick Waugh comparison, and I guess I have time for that. Uh, it didn't go very well for Bednar in that first year, although it's ultimately turned out well. But with regards to Vincent and this particular situation, how tough is this one to walk into?
5: It's tough, but but not as tough as as it would be for for someone that wasn't already familiar with the organization. I think that's that's really a key here. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about like the split in the room. Like, is there going to be a split in the room with these veteran guys that maybe got on better with Dadcock than the younger guys did? And are they going to maybe see the younger guys being the ones who uh, you know ran a what many feel is a successful coach out of out of town? But I really think that if, if there are issues in the room, uh, Vincent's the guy to, to, to fix, fix it. He's the guy to build the bridges. Like He knows the roster. They all like him. He's the guy that's paid his dues. He's, he's been around for a long time. He was a finalist for the last two hires that and made. I think he's a really good coach, and I'm, I, I think if there is um, a silver lining to all this, it's that somebody who's really toiled in this game for a long time and, and waited his turn, uh, and just hasn't gotten it for whatever reason. Gets his chance. I don't know if it's going to be a Bednar thing. I don't know if that roster is really <laughs> as, as good as maybe that Colorado one was. Mm. Um, but uh, but I do think that he's somebody who's going to be able to calm the waters a little bit in, in, in what's been a very choppy time for the franchise.
0: Should we talk about Bedard now? Let's talk about Bedard. Is that enough? Is that enough, <laughs> Babs? Let's go into Connor Bedard. Uh, we've been marveling at uh, the shot that he's been displaying and. The uh, prospects games. Of course, we all knew he had this shot. Um, let's talk about how the NHL might defend Connor Bedard because I think every generational player has to go in with some semblance of doubt that his game is going to carry over. Even Wayne Gretzky, like he was an incredible, obviously junior player, and then people were like, "No, he's too skinny." I I do wonder if his moves, for lack of a better way of saying it, are going to be as effective at the NH as at the NHL level as they were at the junior level. What do you think about the fact that he is like his calling card is his shot? Is that underselling him though, just saying that he's just he's just a great shot and that's it?
5: Yeah, I mean you're making him sound like Patrick Line. Like like he's, <laughs> he's, he's a he's he's a center with a, a lot of ability in, in playmaking. Um he you know, part of the reason his shot is so effective is because Bedard has this incredible knack of, of getting around the zone and, and, and finding open spaces. And I, I think that speaks not only to his shot, but also his other offensive abilities. He's also a bit bigger than you'd expect. Like, I, I know that when you see him, he's short and, and he looks slight and he looks like a kid, but but having seen him up close a couple of times, he's, he's, a, he's kind of thick. Like he's kind of wide. Like he's got mm. more of a Of an nhl body than you'd expect um for for somebody who's that young and 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 kind of plays the game that he plays the thing about the shot i talked to bedard at the players tour in vegas about about this very thing about the shot like what is it about it how did you learn to do it there's two things that are really interesting about his shot the first is that he kind of has a hitch in his arm um that a lot of people are are comparing to the way austin Matthews shoots the puck and that's why I'm kind of intrigued by his rookie season. I mean, Matthews potted 40 goals as a rookie. And granted, he's he's a bigger he's a, he's a bigger body and he's a different player. But but I mean, just by virtue of having a shot like that, I think Bedard's going to do well for himself. The other thing he does well too is he's it's really quick in the way that he kind of moves the puck laterally versus kind of pulling it forward before he shoots. And and, and it's just it's a really fascinating shot. I mean, like I I don't want to say it's like revolutionary. It, it, it borrows from the shots of a couple of other people. Um, but having seen him and and having seen it and knowing what the league is now where it's more wide open and, and and players like Bedard are going to get their opportunities more than they got them say, like even five years ago, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have a real impact. I think he's going to be a, a a, a dependable goal scorer in his first season. Who do you think is going to be on his line? (laughs) Well, that's, that's the other trick. I mean, this, this, this whole thing is sort of reminiscent of, of Alex Ovechkin's rookie year where it's like, okay, yay, we've got a generational goal scorer joining the team. His, his line mate will be Matt Bradley. You know, it's like... <laughs> David <laughs> Steckle, Chris like, Clark. Let's roll them all Yeah, Chris there. Clark. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it, it's kind of, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to besmirch the good name of Taylor Hall, and, and they clearly have other players in that roster that are they're talented. Um, but the totality of that team, I mean, when you, when you strip your team down to the foundations in order to secure the first overall pick, you have to spend a couple years to build it back up. I mean, the good news is that um, I think Kyle Davidson's a, a, a talented GM and, and Chicago is an attractive market, so it won't take him that long. But right now, you, I think the biggest thing that could hold Bedard back isn't anything about how his game transfers. It's that the, the overall talent of that roster is just not anywhere near where it needs to be to really foster a, a great young player quite yet.
1: Uh, We're speaking to Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Greg, I mentioned the NHLPA Rookie Showcase in Arlington where you were talking about Connor Bedard's shot, among other things. Uh, I was curious in scrolling to the piece that you asked a bunch of the rookies about the fighting ban that's gone on in the Quebec Major Junior League. Obviously a big turn for Canadian hockey and junior hockey specifically. What did the guys that you talked to in Arlington have to say about the fighting
5: ban? Yeah. I mean, you know, some of them kind of just said, Hey, it's, it's the way it's all going, you know, and, and it's just going to be how it is. Like other, other lower levels have been like this and it's kind of trickling up. And then there were a few, I I, want to say Luke Evangelista from the predators was one of them who who kind of indicated that like um, it's a part of the game and, and, and to see it, uh, you know, forcefully removed is is sort of deleterious to, to what hockey is. And, and so, I, listen, I, I think it's, I think speaking to younger players about this is really intriguing because a lot of them are coming up through leagues where fighting is not even, like, top of mind and, and in some cases is being legislated out of, out of the leagues. Um, but they also are hockey players and, and understand fighting's part in the sport and history in the sport. And when they get to the NHL, it'll still exist. So it, it's kind of interesting to see. Now, now we're getting generations of players that – like I said, not only are coming through leagues where fighting is um, legislated out, but, but also are coming into an NHL where, um, you know, the numbers on how many fights we've had per year have dropped precip- precipitously for the last decade, maybe even more. Um, and it's, it's interesting to get their take on how they feel about it.
1: Uh, yesterday, the Professional Women's Hockey League had its inaugural draft. Uh, I'm curious, which now that the players have been selected and they've got, you know, the formulations of a roster and everything. What's the next big step for the league? And also uh, with regards to ESPN being a you know national car- carrier for the NHL. Has there been any conversation about what coverage looks like for the women's game now that this league has the next big step, which is rosters and players available to it?
5: Well, on your second point, don't know as far as like the TV side, well above my pay grade. I mean, we had a relationship with the premier hockey federation. So we, we, you know, obviously have supported the women's game before. So uh, who knows, but um, I mean, from our perspective on the writer's side, I mean, we covered the birth of the league. We'll continue to cover it. I think we'll definitely dip in during the season and, and, and uh, provide updates on, on what's been happening. And certainly you know, provide feature stories on the national team players that will be in the league. And that's really the, the exciting thing that happened yesterday is that, you know, as, as good as it was to have the NWHL and the PHF, and those are two leagues that I, I covered, you know, during their inception and, and during their, their seasons, um, they never, it was really hard to kind of like say, Hey, watch blank and the metropolitan riveters. Like there's right. never like the marquee players and, and already, you know, in just during the pre-agent period, and now you can say it's Hillary Knight in Boston. You can say it's, you know, Ab- Abby and in New York. Like, you have the ability now to kind of focus in and say, here are the big names that you remember from the national teams, and now they're on, on these things, on these teams, and you can go watch them. Um, now, I keep on saying teams because the next big thing for this league is branding. Right. Uh, everything looked really good at the draft yesterday. Like, it, it looked very professional. The logos were great. The colors were great. But we don't know any of these teams yet. And, and you know, part of the charm of the nwhl and the phf were were teams like the boston pride awesome name metropolitan riveters incredible name and even maybe one of the best logos in the history of hockey um so like i'm dying to know what they do from a branding perspective uh i think that's going to be a really big key in in trying to like get your product in front of people's faces pretty quickly and uh you know do they go generic or do they go more adventurous i don't know
1: yeah, you bring up a good point because Taylor Heisey goes first overall to Minnesota. And then well, what's Minnesota's team name? It's a yet-to-be-named Minnesota team name. So they still have to get <laughs> yeah, a lot of that done, right. and it, which is you know understandable. This is starting something from scratch. And I noticed Brian Burke said yesterday, and you were right, like the orchestration of the draft went off without a hitch and it looked great. But yeah, Brian Burke said that was the biggest day of the league. Uh, Yesterday, And then I wanted to add on, yeah, until the next big day comes because they got a lot still to get done. Hey, Wish, thanks a lot for doing this today. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. We will do this again uh, next Tuesday. Yep, much appreciated. Thanks. That's Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. So just real quick on the draft yesterday. Heisey goes first overall. Jocelyn LaRock goes second. They went defense heavy. At this draft, Jason, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but after a forward, you got to address the blue line. Yeah, you got to address the blue line. <laughs> Laddie, I know that you were scouring this one for goalies, as you often do. No. Yeah, you did. You there were me a couple a... in particular I was keeping my eye were on. Were you upset that a goalie went so late that you, there was no first round goalies? Is this No, I, I of everyone kind of just expected that. Is that how the it is? That it was the plan out. going in. Okay. Uh, okay, so we, we've got a little bit more to get into on the program today. Reminder, seven o'clock hour, Brendan Batchelor is gonna join us, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks. Eight o'clock, John McEnroe. It's funny that I can say John McEnroe is a return guest on the Halford and Breff show. Yeah, but we talked to we talk to Mac all the time. Yeah, he's like or he's, like, he's like our weekly insider now. So yeah, that's gonna happen. And then a reminder, and I forgot to do this off the top. Uh, we are giving away another pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler do stand up. October 12th, Thursday, it's the start of his North American tour. The best what we learned or ask us anything, send them in. dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Uh, hashtag it WWL for what we well, learned. No, to no pre- ask
5: us anything. Of course it's
1: Sorry, right, Tuesday. just what we learned. My apologies, it's a <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, just hashtag it WWL. Add a ticket emoji to the text. You'll be entered into the grand prize draw for a pair of tickets to see Adam Sandler do stand up. On October the 12th. Okay, Uh, we are now going to be joined by Peter Shishecki from Everything Financial. Greg, take it away. Peter is brought to us by EverythingFinancial.com. Financial freedom awaits. Book your introductory meeting today. Visit them online at
0: everythingfinancial.com. Peter, you're back. How are you doing? I'm back. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Um, we can only play that amount of music. I heard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's there's, it. There's rules now Yeah, that's on the it. music intro. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, uh, Spotify gets all angry with us. So, uh, so that's what you're going to get. But welcome back to the show. Um, Peter, you know, we've been talking a lot about... Um, a few of the players on the Vancouver Canucks and whether or not their shooting percentage will regress, or is there an opposite of regress? Progress. But regre- progress? Yeah. So progress regression, re- Regression to the mean. What does it mean, and how can ex- it explain investment
6: history? Well, in hockey, you, you see exactly that, where you'll have a guy, it can be both ways. They'll bring out great stats. Like, look at the year he's having, a.k.a. Um, a trade last year. You remember? Uh, the player, the captain, <laughs> wanted um, Bo wanted and Bo's team wanted a contract based on three months of work. And Rutherford said, well, we're basing a contract based on his last five years, that's regression to the mean. What it is, is if you have this shining star of a few months, it eventually always goes back to what the five year average is. Investing is the same thing. Financial planning is the same thing. Your financial advisor go, oh, look, like, at, say, after the pandemic, that first year when markets were up 20 percent, because, you know, look, I made you 20 percent and you guys know this. Oh, like that's going to go on for the next five or six years. Um, Turn to the last two years, and it doesn't. So eventually, everything regresses back to the five-year average, or if it's a really, really, really bad year, like it is the last year, it's eventually gonna progress upwards to the mean, to the five-year average. So you can't look at 2008 in the stock market and say, oh, it was down 48%. Well, it was down 48% for a few month set, but if you look at 2008 as the middle of a five-year average, it was basically just another normal year. And hockey analytics is all based on regression to the mean.
0: Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Is there a five-year for expectation for equities? Uh, is there? Yeah, there is actually a five-year
6: expectation for equities on, on what just a 100% equity portfolio will do. And it's it usually turns out within half a percent to be what it is, which means we're gonna get, at some point in the very near future, A couple really good, healthy years to get that declining 23% of 2002 back up to about a 9% average, and the flat year of uh, 2022-2023 back up to a five-year average. Good times are coming ahead, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train coming at you or a dismal penalty kill coming at you which could happen this year who knows <laughs>
1: <laughs> peter uh thank you very much for doing this today it's great to have you back it's great to be doing this again uh just so the listeners know it'll be every tuesday here on the halford and bruff show on sports at 650 enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the rest of the week you too, and I shouldn't be able to miss 650 on 650. I can even do that one. Oh, yeah, right. Good branding, Peter. Well done. That's Peter Szczecin from EverythingFinancial.com here. You can call them at 1 888 424 4421 and get your complimentary introductory meeting booked
0: today. Okay. Uh, we got an open segment on the other side before we get to Brendan Bachelor at 730. Here's a question for the listeners. And I want you to text into the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. If, if the Canucks do make a trade before the start of the regular season, and we'll talk about that on the other side, who do you think is going to go and why? The why part is really important. You have to text in some sort of reason because we all know the names of the players on the team. So give us a Why? Text in to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you. In Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Budist in Vancouver. Online at dunbarlumber.com. This was a challenging first hour for me. So my mic didn't work. And then when I was trying to fix my mic, um, I spilled my coffee. Uh, and there's been a fruit fly in here flying around. Sometimes it'll land on my cheek. I think it likes. I think it likes the spilled coffee. That'd be my so plan. hopefully the second hour goes better than the first hour. And I am going to kill this fruit fly in the break. For some reason, you are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.